You are listening to the Robin of Sherwood podcast, season one, episode six, The King's Fool. Hello everybody and welcome to the Robin of Sherwood podcast, live from our studio, also known as my kitchen here in Amsterdam. Uh, my name is uh, Sietse Wilman and uh, what I do here on the show is talk about uh, the 1980s series uh, Robin of Sherwood, one episode at a time. Uh, calling in from the UK is the man with uh, the sharp eye for details, Mr. Andy Chesney. Hey, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Yeah, we made it till, uh, till the end of the season because this is the, this is the last one. Yeah, it is, isn't it? The season finale, The King's Fool, yeah. The King's mm. Fool, yeah. I, I enjoyed uh, watching this one uh, again this week. So you want to jump uh, right into the story? Yeah, I'm happy to. Okay, yeah. cool. Well, um, this one starts uh, straight away. There's no scene before the titles uh, roll up. don't really know why that is, because sometimes they have a little scene just before that, and then the tune comes in. This time they chose not to, not to do that. Um, yeah, that's true. Nice little observation that, yeah, it's one of the, there's only two Michael Prade episodes that don't have a pre credit scene. And that's, um, yeah, The King's Fall and Lord of the Trees in um, in series two. So, yeah, they're the only ones um, un- under Michael Prade that don't have a, an opening scene. But I guess they, 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 they just felt we didn't need one. And um, and it gets straight into the into the story after, after that. Yeah. So, so, so after that, after the titles do uh, roll up, um, we see a knight riding through the forest. Uh, the situation is not unlike uh, what we have seen in uh, Seven Poor Knights. Maybe that's why they de- decided not to show this before the titles roll up, because it's quite similar. We see unknown people riding through the forest, uh, being uh, sneaked up by other people we don't know yet as, uh, as viewers of the show, because that's, that's just what's happening here. Yeah, and it's quite a long sequence as well when it, when you actually see it right through because obviously you've got this band of um you've got this well you've got this sort of group of outlaws that, that obviously attack the knights and um at first it's made it's made to seem like they could even be sort of Robin's men. I mean we we know they're not, but um it, it kind of becomes clear that they're sort of trying to be Robin's. They always they're trying to give that impression almost as they attack this knight. Um, but anyway, yeah we've. The sequence follows right through. Robin and his men then come to the knight's rescue. Um, they chase the men off. Well, they, they shoot down a lot of them, um, and then and then chase chase them off. And um, and then it just carries on. And, and they then get to um, get to know this knight and um, and find out who he is. I kind of like the fact that we get to see other outlaws out there as well. And the difference between uh, them and and Robin's men it's. it's comes clear when the knight asks from uh, uh, your outlaws and then Robin replies with uh, yes but we're not cut uh, throats so that makes clear the difference I think I mean they, they are uh, outlaws with a with a moral code and with a, with a cause and the other guys yeah. aren't yeah and again that's a, that's that's a very good point and it's a, and little things like that also just kind of as, as we say there are there are plenty of other cutthroat outlaws around in the forest um you know they would have been in those you know in those days i guess and um but yeah robin doesn't you know his men aren't actually they they won't just kill for for no reason and we hear uh, uh, robin say uh that he was hunting the, those other outlaws for quite some time so uh, apparently he felt that, that it was his res- uh, responsibility to keep uh the woods safe from those kind of outlaws 
So it was really, you know, marking his territory there. Yeah, Robin has a lot of pride in Sherwood Forest. Um, every now and then we hear we hear just one or you know in episodes we hear one or two lines, you know, about how about sort of what Sherwood means to them. And, and yeah, he's very much a Robin of the Forest. Um, you know, especially in this version, you know, with Michael Prade, sort of very, you know, the, the Sherwood Forest really means a lot to him. And um, you know, it's their fortress to him. He's like, he's almost like the king of this fortress. You know. And yeah, so he, he doesn't want these other outlaws giving him or his men a bad, him and his men a bad name, and and that's not how he wants things done. Yeah, and, and they're acting like like hosts uh, to the uh, unknown knight who introduces himself as a chevalier de Guise. Um, they even uh, take him to uh, their camp. They have a dinner together. Then uh, the discussion uh, gets a bit heated uh, when he comes to talk about uh, King Richard. Of course, uh, Will is the one who picks a fight, saying that the Norman uh, nobles are just. Uh, fancy Frenchman and, and that sort of stuff. Yeah, and little John backs him up on that as well, doesn't he? You know, he's saying it's just it's just another way to rob the poor to rob the poor. Um, you know. Um they also have a little uh, little uh, forest uh, game again. Uh, having having some fun uh, there the one with the with the bells and the and the blindfolds. Yeah, and that was quite an amusing little game they were playing there in the King's Fall. It's nice and touch the knight uh, seems to enjoy uh, the game uh, as well. But the mood kind of changes when Robin um, is presenting him uh, the bill for the food and the drinks uh, they've uh, uh, they've had. And the knight is a bit bit offended that well, first he was treated as as a guest, and uh, now he has to has to pay up. And uh, they uh, agree to uh, settle the argument uh, with a wrestling match between the mysterious knight uh, on one uh, side and Little John on the other. And uh, that's that's nice fighting sequence there. At first, you think, well, Little John will probably win any wrestling match, but then you see how uh, big the knight is, and you think, oh, this could be could be interesting. Yeah, it's a big it's a big challenge this for Little John. I mean, I don't think the others were that keen to take him on. Um, if I'm honest, you know, they sort of one or two of them look around at each other, and it's kind of like you know, um, but Little John really was the obvious choice, you know, being being such a big guy himself. Um, yeah. And obviously, Did they ask, so, ask uh, Tuck first um, to do it. Yeah, he, he um, but li- yeah, Little John kind of cut in and sort of said, just kind of took over and said, well, you know, I have this, you know, I have this 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 game, and you know, he, he wants he wanted a horse, and um, he, he joked, and um, yeah, so it's a good old scrap they have, isn't it? A proper like. Um, proper old school type wrestling there, um, really grappling with each other and, um, and sort of chucking each other around. And and um, the knight uh, wins the first round, and there's um, we see Will standing in the background, turning around because he's he's really annoyed that uh, this uh, fancy fancy French knight uh, defeats his friend in the in the first round. Uh, so so he he kind of turns around. He doesn't want to want to uh, see it happening. Uh, then John wins uh, the second round. Uh, meanwhile, we see that uh, soldiers are uh, sneaking up on the camp, so there's a little extra suspense there. Uh, and then in the third round, with an impressive move, the knight uh, lifts up little John above his head and smacks him to the ground. And as as he's holding him up above his head, you you can actually see a um a, a wire like a, if you look closely, there is a cable like a wire holding holding little John up. Yeah, but but they did they did a good job hiding. This. Oh, blink and you'll miss it. Definitely. I mean. It's, it happened so quickly you can barely spot it, but it is it is there if you um <laughs> if you were to really like look yeah yeah and and then this this uh, reveal of his identity when he says that he's uh, uh, King Richard Lionheart 
No, I suppose I, I don't know that much about um, British uh, history, especially not when I was a was a child watching the show, of course. But I suppose that for uh, many people, this was a big reveal, right? That King Richard is actually showing up in a Robin Hood story. Yeah, I mean, it was this, this is a very historical episode, really. Um, you know, bringing King Richard into it, um, and it was kind of ideal with this kind of story being the last episode because you know it's kind of we've heard all these tales about robin hood and his men you know throughout the series and then it sort of builds up to the king suddenly coming to england and we we soon find out you know what sort of what the king's motives are uh, robin robin ends up um you know obviously being a bit gullible in this episode he's kind of the king sort of strings him along a bit and gives him this impression that um well, well, he's he's an impressive character. I mean, only as a, of a, just his, his introduction alone. Well, he, you know, he's uh, he's quite a quite a big guy with his deep voice, and uh, yeah, he's a charismatic guy. Um, yeah. Actually, we're gonna take a listen because you picked this uh, moment to uh, to take a listen to uh, the moment that he uh, reveals himself and he first uh, addresses the outlaws as their king. I ride to Nottingham. Who are you? Lionheart. I want them alive, Macadier. So. Still in Germany, am I? Still in prison. The nobles kept the ransom, did they? Pigs will fly when I return. <laughs> well, where are they? Nesting? My Lord King. Be silent in our presence. Yes, I was hunting. Hunting a young wolf's head called Robin Hood. In Normandy, in Anjou, in Aquitaine, even in Germany, I've heard the stories. Of you and the sheriff using this forest, my forest, as your battleground. Oh yes, I have heard all about you. Your ambushes, your robberies, your tricks. I have heard enough to hang each one of you a dozen times over. God's legs, you're a wild lad, Robin. And you saved the life of your king. And that wipes the slate clean. So that's it. I mean, he, yeah. it, 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 it's hard to um, ignore <laughs> the, the strong introduction he makes, right? You know, the, the obviously the Marys are quite surprised, um, you know, to find out who he is, and um, he then, you know, punches punches Robin, knocks him to the ground, and um, and yeah, it was an unusual situation for Robin being Robin being silenced, um, sort of, you know, in in his own forest like that, and having to sort of um, actually take orders for the first time, um, with the king and all his his um, soldiers around him, but um, but yeah, it was a but he, he then pardons Robin. And at that stage, it seems like, you know, it seems like a good outcome. And, 
it's been a great it's been a you know an incredible it's been a really incredible encounter for them you know and little john you know he says himself you know i wrestled the king of england and yeah, you know it's, I, it's, I like it's, how they all uh, respond in their own way i mean john is like whoa i wrestled uh, the king of england much is saying something like uh, where's his crown has he lost it he should wear it so everybody knows he's a king like a little uh, yeah a childish uh, reaction uh will of course well he's he's got his own feelings about this and 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 he uh immediately yeah. states that he's not going to go to nottingham uh he's he says uh, suspicious uh, i trust trust very little people and i looking mm -hmm. uh, at all of them so uh, he's definitely not uh not going there oh and there's another uh, detail uh, that i really liked is that uh, right before uh robin uh, kisses the hand of the king he has to swipe a little blood away from his mouth yeah, I like that little bit as well. Yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, they all um, go to Nottingham, except for Will, who uh, just uh, doesn't want to want to go there. And uh, then uh, they, they walk the streets, and people really stare at them. And I, I think that that's nice to see as well. In the last uh, episode, we talked about how their uh, legend is 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 being spread across the country. Uh, the king has already said that even. Uh, abroad he has heard the tales about robin hood and his uh, and his men and here again i mean people really stare at them like wow there are this uh, mythical guys and now they're just uh, walking around the town yeah and that that actual that exact street they walk down um where gisborne ends up coming you know he, he suddenly approaches them and um and arrests them you know um at that stage um yeah the actual street you can you can walk right down that it's in um farley hungerford castle I've, I've been there myself and it's uh, a lot of fans have now i think and um but it's, it's really i think it's really cool that yeah, that yeah there are these certain bit, scenes you know or locations and you can actually go to the exact bit so i think yeah it feels really it feels really good seeing that and obviously it looks exactly the same that the housing that the building bits the side um yeah you can go right down there um, and well, like you said, um, Gisborne uh, arrests them. Of course, he's not aware of anything that's uh, that's going on, and uh, he makes a fool of himself when he uh, proudly presents the, of the captured outlaws to the king, saying they were uh, creeping up the castle. And the king immediately uh, mocks him and asks him, "Oh, what what were they going to do? Just uh, just a bunch of guys." Then, of course, they have the, yeah. the great line when he says, uh, "Untie him, boy." And when he does uh, untie Robin, uh, Robin says, "Well, thank you, boy." Yeah, it's one of my favourite scenes in the in the um, episode. This one, yeah, just just the way the king's, it's it's fun. It's nice seeing Gisborne being humiliated, and the, and the way the king's sarcastic with him. An ambushay, excellent, you know, and and then he keeps mocking him, and um and the way the way he really shouts at Gisborne, um, Gisborne, the way he bellows, you know, when Gisborne says, well, you know, why should they come?" and he really bellows, you know, because I am the king of England. The way he really shouts at um you know shouts it out and um and then of course um robin and his men get to wine and dine you know they get that big feast and um at the sheriff's expense don't they in the castle hall they get yeah. to enjoy a big we see the sheriff and and, and uh, the abbot hugo sitting in a corner just soaking because well their uh, position is at stake and their uh, great uh, biggest uh, enemy is uh, is now uh, being treated there on a, on a feast uh but I also like it that right before they go uh, to dinner, uh, Robin makes a speech. Well, we know that he can make an impressive speech. We've seen that in uh, Robin Hood and the Sorcerer Part 1, Robin Hood and the Sorcerer Part 2. Uh, but here it doesn't work because there's a lot of noise in the background. People don't really want to listen to him. They're uh, moving uh, tables and stuff around. Uh, the king won't even let him finish what he's saying. And, well, it's, it's, it's all in there how it's going to go down. 
Yeah, the king kind of just sort of kind of humours him a bit. You know, he sort of says, you know, well said, you know, a man of the people. But it's, but you, you but yeah, you get the feeling that he's not he's not really listening properly. And it's as you say, no one else in, in the hall, actually, in the castle hall seems to be listening. at all. there's a lot of background noise. And it's almost like really the king's the only one he's kind of and um, and Hubert Walter next to him. It's almost like really they're the only ones even hit this even slightly listening. But yeah, the king's. Really, the king's just enjoying um, enjoying the sheriff being humiliated here. It's um, that's what he wants here to um, to kind of annoy the sheriff by doing this. I must say, I always wondered um, why Robin is so keen on agreeing to fight for the king. I mean, uh, the next day after they uh, after they had their feast, uh, they wake up. Uh, and the king asks Robin to fight uh, for him, and and he immediately agrees. I think it's that's a pretty weird move. It's because in Robin's mind he thinks he thinks King Richard's a good king, so he's kind of really proud of of sort of the thought of serving of serving King Richard and and fighting for his cause. Because I think he just he's he obviously thinks he's a bit gullible and he thinks that the king's going to be different to the sheriff and that he won't allow you know corruption and in the sh in, in the shire and things like that so he, he obviously just thinks that things are going to improve i'm not sure why he why he'd think that in some ways because if you think about it you know there's a political system here you've got sheriffs you've got uh, you know all these different people you know involved with places and obviously the king's at the very top but um I, th I, th I think I think a lot of it comes down to him being pardoned. I think because I think partly because the king pardoned him, that almost tricks Robin. Because if you think about it, Robin's known outlaw, and actually the king could could actually have him hanged straight away, really. So I think I think that's that's where the that's where the the trick comes, and it's sort of um, that that's what does it. So once he's been pardoned and he's then allowed into Nottingham, he just assumes that the king wants him. And obviously Robin feels good because he then, you know, once he starts demonstrating his skills, you know, doing all that archery in his mind, he's just totally taken in. He just think, he yeah. thinks he's going to be a big player. He thinks he's going to be a big player for the king. Yeah, and, um, he's not only agreeing on uh, fighting for the king, he's, he's also excited about it. Yeah. And he, he sends uh, much to fetch Will from the forest and uh, tell him we're free. And uh, we do see Will in the in the forest. He gets a visit from Hearn, who shoots an arrow uh, with a message with a message uh, to him. Uh, and like you said, uh, uh, in the castle, uh, the king uh, sets up a council um, where, uh, as well, sort of as entertainment, the Marys show their skills. We see uh, John uh, do a staff fight. Uh, we see Robin uh, shooting some arrows. Uh, and meanwhile, um, uh, the nobles can actually well buy back their their title uh, their titles and their uh, privileges the reino uh, rightfully calls it an auction and well it becomes clear uh, there once again that the king isn't back to change things for the better he's just there to collect money yeah just trying to raise money for his wars and he puts all the sheriff the sh you know the sheriff ships up for um up for auction yeah uh, then, 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 of course, there's this moment when uh, Robin is uh, uh, shooting at the target and uh, right before his last arrow, uh, the string snaps. I, I kind of like the way that um, it, this, this happening, it, it, it mirrors the moment where Hearn tells him to uh, string the longbow. I mean, at the time, yeah, Marion, because she says afterwards to him um, when, they, when they're back in the barn, you know, she says that wasn't... Oh, no, no, she says that to him, um, it, sorry, right there in... Um, you know, she says, oh, that, that was an omen. And... Um, so it's interesting that yeah, even even at that stage, you know, Mar even Marion's starting to get doubts about it, isn't she? 
I, I do think it's a pity that, that she has to um, explain the symbolic meaning of the of the uh, uh, bow failing Robin. I mean, we as viewers, we're uh, smart enough to figure it out for ourselves. But that's just uh, that's just my opinion. She didn't have to say that. We, we already uh, took it that way, right? Yeah, yeah I think we did. Yeah, I think they overdid it a little bit uh, there. Uh, then again, you're right. Marion is, uh, is questioning uh, Robin's decisions. Uh, so is Nasir. He decides to leave. He just, without uh, saying a word, he just uh, walks out of the castle. And uh, yeah, the silent man, <laughs> silent man Nasir. Yep, yeah, just <laughs> walks away. He doesn't say anything. Yeah. And then Robin has his um, has this bust up with um, his, uh, he sort of has a fall, quite an emotional sort of fallout with um, with little John in the barn, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Um, because still, uh, Robin doesn't see what's actually going on. I mean, when John says Nasir left, all. Uh, uh, Robin has to say, is, "Oh, he'll be back," when it's it's clear to everybody that he won't be but, back. No. And then uh, yeah, John and tries to uh, to talk some sense in him. Um, I really like the 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 way he does that. So uh, I picked uh, that moment uh, to have a listen to. Nazir's gone. Gone. I saw him heading for Sherwood. He'll be back. No. He's gone for good. We won't see him again. Why? Look, maybe he sees things clearer than you do. What's that mean? You've played into Richard's hands, haven't you? What are you talking about, John? I mean, he's pardoned us. Oh, yes, and mercy has to be paid for. You heard it. Listen to me, John. I'm tired of listening to you! He's used you. He's used all of us to humble the sheriff parading us in front of him. Well, what's wrong with that? You can't see it, can you? No. We're his pets. The wolves, clever King Richard, trapped and tamed. That's enough, John. You're dazzled by him, aren't you? He's got to snap his fingers and you're running round his legs like a little dog. Hey, say something funny, Robin. Show us some swordplay. Let's see your skill with a longbow. Tell us how to run the country. Do you really think he listens? I know he listens. He's laughing at you. They all are. What does he care about England? How long's he ever spent here? A few months and he's off again, isn't he? When he's drained the country of money. You, you, you were a serf. He gave you your freedom. Oh, yes, to die for him in Normandy. Well, he could have died in Sherwood. Then I'll choose Sherwood. Come on, lad. John? I loved you, Robin. You were the hooded man. Hearn's son. The people's hope. Now, now you're the king's fool. I, I love Clive Mansell, you know, as little John. Um, he's such a brilliant actor. But, you know, but that scene, especially with it being quite emotional you know you know because little you know john john feels really sad here that he that, that he's that he's having to leave robin you know you know the, the situation is now getting out of hand yeah he really does that in a in a in a, in a great way at first um, the scene didn't go so well i think uh, I've, I've read somewhere that they tried to shoot it at the end of the day and it just didn't come out the right way and then they decided to uh, to pick it up again the next day and then in one take it was all perfectly done 
Yeah, well, I'm I'm glad they did. Well, whenever they yeah, whenever they chose to do it in the end, because it was it was spot on. You know, it was a brilliant, um, brilliantly acted scene. That so. Yeah, and it's, I think it's really good that that John is the one that gets to deliver the message the strongest to Robin. I mean, he's he's very loyal. When you come to think of it, uh, he's probably the one who believes the most in Robin's cause. I think they all have their reasons to join Robin, but John seems to be the one who's the most invested in, is, in what they're actually trying to achieve. Yeah, I say it's really sad for John having to leave Robin because he, as you say, he's kind of like Robin's best friend in a way, and in and in quite a lot of Robin Hood versions, you know, little John is kind of known as as being his right hand man, and I do I do still I I feel that is the case in Robin of Sherwood too. But yeah, it's really sad for John having to having to kind of leave Robin because you know it's the last thing he wants to do. But he can just see the situation. He's just he can see the, the bigger picture here, and he, he you know he can see through the through the king and what's going on. And and he sadly he feels he has to make this decision, you know, because you know to walk away from Robin because obviously he's not prepared to um to, just to be involved with the king and and get caught up in all this um you know in this nonsense really so um so yeah it's very sad and it's quite it's quite moving when you see him um when he walks out of the castle you know you, you pretty much see it kind of a t- you pretty much see a tear in his eye and then I, I always think it's quite you, you see him grab you know he has martin next to him um you know the young lad i always think it's quite sad when you see him sort of grab martin and then just sort of throw him to the side you know to the side and it's just you know little john doesn't mean to do that but it's just you know he's just He's just so upset, you know, about the situation, and he just he just wants to be on his own. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he just brushes Martin off next to him, and that's right. He, and he's goes, not just angry; angry, he's also sad. I, I do feel that they're being a bit too explicit uh, about that again when uh, Much uh, enters and says, "Oh, I saw uh, John walking away; he was crying." For me, that's the same as Marion saying, "Oh, the the string breaking—that's an omen." I feel they're maybe uh, underestimating. Uh, as, as viewers a little bit. I mean, we s- just saw how emotional John was, and that he wasn't just angry, but he was sad as well. <laughs> they didn't have to, you know. Yeah, it's just a way. It's John just a way. Ca- come in and 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 tell yeah. us what we just saw. I know, I know. I think it's just a way of telling us that the other characters are just, you know, picking up on on the little things. Though, as you say, we don't we don't need to to know you know need to, to hear to hear that but we it's just it's just those little things it's all just kind of gearing towards making robin just seem more gullible and just basically you know he is the king's fool you know that that is how the how the stories how the stories panned out that's why they've put these other little bits in yeah but, but you know uh, uh, a very important rule of storytelling is a uh, uh, show don't tell and well, they, they, they sometimes tell it a bit too much on these uh, occasions, I think. Maybe it's because it's also a family show, so, you know, um, uh, uh, children might not pick up on stuff like that um, as fast as adults do. But uh, just just my, a minor bit of uh, criticism here uh, on, my, uh, <laughs> on my part. Um, let's see, where were we going? All right. Um, so with John and Martin leaving and, uh, well, uh, much... Uh, delivers the message that Will isn't coming back and uh, he shows uh, the arrow with the warning of Hearn. And um, on top of that, um, uh, Robert Reno gets his post as a sheriff uh, back. Uh, Tuck tells uh, this to Robin and, and, and he, well, he already uh, predicted it. And then uh, Robin still thinks that he has an influence on the sheriff. So uh, he says, well, I'll, I'll, I'll go and, uh, and reason with him. Uh, but well, of course, King Richard won't won't listen to him anymore. Well, 
not even anymore. He just won't listen to him. Uh, he says, uh, uh, spare us your words, uh, give us your strength and your, and your courage. And what he also does is he uh, uh, mocks Robin. He says, uh, shall I take your sword away and give you a pig's bladder? Now, like I said, uh, I've, I always had a feeling that uh, the bow uh, string uh, breaking was mirroring the, the, the moment where Hearn told Robin to, uh, uh, to string the bow. Here, uh, Richard takes away his sword. And, well, we have seen in the first episode how Hearn presents Albion uh, to Robin. So, in, in, in my mind, um, this is done uh, consciously. They're, they're trying to, you know, create the, the difference between Hearn on the one side and uh, King Richard uh, on the other. Possib um, yeah, possibly. I hadn't really thought about it that much. But, um, but yeah, it's interesting to hear, to hear views like that. Um, but but in this scene here, yeah. So I mean, when Robin goes back to the barn, you know, straight after this, you you can tell the penny's finally the penny's finally dropped with Robin. Um, yeah. So Robin's feeling quite dejected at this stage, you know. Obviously, some of his men, you know, his men have already walked out and left him, and um, uh, it's only Robin, Mary, and Much and Tuck that are now left. So there's just the four of them left. Yeah, and, um, and the king picks up on this that uh, Robin uh, finally. Uh, uh, realizes what's uh, what's going on um, and he also now the king uh, sees that he can't control Robin really that he'll never uh, be uh, an obedient follower of, uh, of him uh, and so he tells uh, uh, the sheriff uh, to kill him the sheriff uh, gives the task to Gisborne and uh, Gisborne and a, a few men uh, they sneak up on the Mary's uh, in the middle of the night uh, they overpower them and then they want to hang Tuck and Much um, uh, by the hands. I never really understood why they would do that. No, I suppose Gisborne had in his mind he had a certain way of going about this, um, you know, this ambush. And um, I suppose straight away he's got them when they're sleepy and and it's silent in there. So yeah, he, he, I guess he want you know, he, it's just the order he gives, isn't it? Just hang hang them up. Yeah, um, by the hands. I mean, yeah. Just, yeah. just kill them. I mean, uh, this happens a lot in in, in series and movies and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. when the villain has a chance to kill the hero, they there's always some always hesitation some, or they they do yeah. it in a very clumsy way. Well, this is the thing. Ultimately, it has to be like that because obviously, for the good guys to, to get out and win, you know, you need those moments of hesitation or or of unnecessary delay. But yeah, you are you are right to question it's, it. You know, it's, it's a bit like like the old uh, Batman series from the from the nineteen sixties, where oh, the goodness. villain always captures Batman, and then instead of just uh, finishing him off, <laughs> they just leave him with a ridiculous trap. Uh, yeah, so can, always, always tied to a machine or something. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous, you know. And bearing in mind these villains would have, even though you don't see people particularly being shot in, in the show, even in that show, it's just, oh, it's, it, yeah, it is silly. And it is, that's something that's gone on through time. I mean, it, even in modern films, you'll still see big fights at the end with the good guy, the bad, and, and the bad. There's always, there's, always, there's always normally one bit in, this, in the epic fights, you know, where the bad guy has got a chance to kill him. And there's always some yeah. sort of, yeah unnecessary delay and you kind of you know yeah. and, and then of there's course all, there's, there's also uh, uh, always a lot of talking at that moment where they both explain <laughs> their reasons or the situation to the viewer and to each other well in, in yeah, real I life mean, they would just you know get it over with yeah 
I think sometimes when you've you know when you've got these good these villains and and these feuds if you like that have been going on for a while I think I think it's not necessarily totally unrealistic that there wouldn't be a bit of talk because I think when you really hate an enemy if you've really got two people up against each other I think the person who who assumes they're about to win it, you know these villains can be quite smug and it's not necessary it's not beyond the realms of possibility that they would maybe want to kind of be a bit smug you know hey i've got you now kind of thing right i'm going to make this that's, as painful that, as possible that's true and, and, and uh, gisborne and his men are tying up uh, uh duck and 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 much and trying to um you know hang them by the hands i don't really know why they would do that but yeah. it, it 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 doesn't cause a lot of delay and and there he's actually trying to um to be quite smooth uh, with it, uh, but still, um, there's an opportunity for the for the outlaws to escape. When Marion gets her hands on a on a crossbow, uh, she shoots Gisborne in the back. Yeah, you know this is a really drastic scene. This last bit here, um, of you know near the end here, and um, very very well done scene. I mean, yeah, I mean, from the moment Marion shoots Gisborne in the back, you know, because that look, you know, that's quite a brutal sort of. Um, you know very sharp moment there and and straight away it just oh the whole thing seems very real and um because nothing like this has happened before you know Gisborne's never been shot by one of the Marys before and it's you know but but literally you know they are about to be killed here by by Gisborne and his men and it's it's a very serious situation they're in and, and it's um it's it's great credit to Marion that she, in doing that really because you know they they wouldn't have got out of, got out of there alive if she hadn't shot him that that gave Robin a chance to um you know, to sort of get down and start fighting off the soldiers. Um, but but obviously, yeah, the whole the whole barn's on fire. Um, and it is quickly burning away. And obviously he gets um, you know, he, he tells Marion and much and all that, you know, to, to get out and um and Robin obviously being a good fighter, he, he's able to um you know, it's not easy for him. He's got two at least two soldiers in there that he's fencing away with, but but you know, being the hero of course he, he wins and gets out. Gisborne is dying, really, um, and he—he's an um, on it's yeah. an impressive yeah. scene when he walks out. He's on fire, but with his last uh, powers, he, he shoots one more hour, uh, one more arrow, and then falls to the ground. Yeah, and this whole sequence, yeah, do you know, it was shot in—it's um, a—it's an unknown location. This really, it's no fan, no fans have been here. This was a place called Dog Dog Kennel Farm in Iford, and it's very near to—it's um, very close to Farley Hungerford Castle. Which is where they shot other bits of this, um, you know, other bits of the episode. Um, so it's only it's only a mile or so away. It's very it's very nearby. But yeah, this 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 location was only used um, twice in Robin of Sherwood. It had been revealed before that it was in um, that it appears in Adam Bell. It's actually the ale the ale house where Robin meets Adam Bell for a chat, and and the and the courtyard and the the, the bit outside as well. Um, so it was in Adam Bell. But we found out. Um, I actually, yeah, I spotted that it was the same where Gisborne comes out of that barn door, where he comes out on fire. I, 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 I managed, managed to match it up, and yeah, they're actually the same, the same place. So it's um, an interesting location. Yes, it's a, pri a private farm, um, but but a lot of the scene, obviously, a lot of the episode is shot, obviously, in that barn with 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 various, you know, with, with several barn scenes, and then the great, you know, the great sequence at the end with with this whole fight, you know, and and the um and the fight, and the, the whole place on fire. It kind of makes it quite a drastic ending to um to the the series at this you know and and the episode here um and then as you're you know there's more to come as we know because yeah Marion's been shot obviously you see Robin riding out of um the, the castle gates of um yeah riding the castle entrance of Farley Hungerford Castle um yeah he, and and he doesn't know Robin doesn't know that Marion's been shot because obviously he's um he's in front of her so we see the arrow in Marion's back and um. 
it's interesting isn't it Robin he's actually riding off a long way and it's only when he gets to Ryanan's will which is obviously in the countryside he gets he, it's only when he gets there he suddenly realizes that Marion's been shot you know she suddenly falls off the horse and um starts to fall starts to fall off and um by the way if Robin didn't know that Marion was shot which well I, I suppose he, he didn't why did he go to uh Rihanna's wheel yeah we're not really told about sort of um Robin's uh, reasons for choosing that as a particular place to go I mean he, he certainly wouldn't know at this stage that the other of the Mary you know the other Marys that walked out he wouldn't know that they're particularly going to suddenly come back here and meet them and and he hasn't as you say you know we as I said you know he, he doesn't he didn't know Marion had been shot he, he clearly had he clearly didn't so yeah um not quite sure really yeah, it, it's but. not the most logical place to go I mean it would have made more sense to go to the camp Maybe it was Hearn calling him. Yeah, I, I think I think maybe that's what we meant. What we're led to believe that he that he was actually going to maybe have some kind of encounter, or or, or maybe Hearn, yeah, perhaps it was yeah, I think was involved in it somehow. Yeah, and then there's a quite um, quite dramatic scene when uh, Robin does find out that Marion is shot, and uh, and uh, she asks him uh, to uh, to pull out the arrow, which would mean that she would uh, would die. And then in his mind, uh, Robin calls for Hearn. Uh, he, he appears and uh, tells him to uh, take out the arrow. He does so, and, uh, well, Marion uh, seems to be dying at that point. And then Hearn says something like, uh, uh, the wheel is turning. We see the stones moving. And, uh, yeah, well, after that, we, we all of a sudden we see the outlaws coming back to Robin. Yeah, I also wonder if there's other consequences to this as well because i think this whole where the wheels turning you know it's almost like things of, of certain events you know that have, have been sort of reversed and i do wonder if that's kind of the reason for for gisborne surviving as well because obviously he then comes back in series two um and and because gisborne effectively is dying you know he's been shot he's on fire and i do wonder if perhaps like as part of this whole you know because obviously the powers of light and darkness that you know that are underway here and with Robin Hearn, I do wonder if actually Robin, you know, with Marion actually surviving and, and her um, being saved, I do wonder if actually as part of that and that kind of yeah. reversal. There, there's something like that going on. I mean, the the, the outlaws, they all, uh, they all come back and, and join Robin. I really like uh, the hug between Robin and Will. I don't know. It's yeah, just say, like an yeah. emotional moment. Um, yeah, well, and then, of course, uh, the miracle, like you said, when we see that uh, Marion is uh, alive and well all of a sudden. It's an uh, unexpected twist at the end. Well, it's not really unexpected that she lives, of course, but the way, um, yeah, the way she's being fixed. I mean, she's not patched up in a hospital or anything like that. Yeah, um, the end, yeah, the ending was a bit far-fetched in some ways. Either way, it's just kind of, you know, it's almost like we'll turn to the rescue and, yep, you know, the wheel turns and it's all fine now. So... It's, don't get me wrong, it was done well, the way we see it, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't say it's a great ending, the, no, the, the I, very last bit. I agree. I, I get why it's there. I mean, we have seen uh, uh, the wheel in um, in the beginning when Robin father's die, uh, Robin's father dies. Uh, of course, we've seen Hearn in the in the first episode, so he comes back now. I mean, it's it, it, it does tie up the, uh, the season very well, I think, but it... You know, just him fixing it, 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 it has certain implications for uh, things to come that's a bit strange. I mean, if he can reverse death, then why do other people have to die? Yeah, it's just, um, 
it's just all part of this Hearn's magic, isn't it? All this sort of powers of light and darkness um, malarkey. Um, it's, in, in, in my opinion, it, it would have been better if Hearn maybe, you know, made the, the, the outlaws that left Robin come back. I mean, he could reach them, send them a message, something like that, or call on them from, uh, and say, oh, well, uh, yeah. please return to your... Uh, to your post, something like that. I, th I think that would have been enough magic. Uh, uh, yeah, it, se it seemed to push the boat out a bit far, a bit too far, I think, in the ending here. Yeah, one minor thing again. So this is a location just thing. This um, this whole, this Rhineland's Wheel place, by the way, no one, basically the location of this is actually unknown. So this is actually one of the few places, bearing in mind so many locations are out there these days and we know where a lot of places are filmed. Um, no one knows actually where this um, this Rhineland's will was shot. It was previously thought to be Brent Knoll, um, which is also where the Ring um, Ring of the Nine Maidens um, is in Time of the Wolf. But actually, it's not the same place. It's, it is somewhere else. Um, well, maybe so when magic uh, cost uh, <laughs> cost it that you can never find it, something like that, because well, everybody who's got a got a wounded girlfriend would bring her there, so it would get too crowded. I think it's remained a mystery this one. So. Interesting. Um, I do like uh, the scene where um, uh, Robin and Marion uh, um, embrace each other and kiss, and we hear the the, the, the tune of uh, of Clannet, uh, obviously uh, the uh, Together Free. I think it's very well chosen. We haven't talked much about the music um, in the past few episodes of the podcast. Um, I think we're gonna have to uh, to uh, to. Pick it up later, but uh, but here it's it's uh, it's very well chosen. The together we together free. Well, it it really fits them getting mm -hmm. back together and you know uh, regaining their freedom as well because well they're no longer uh, divided by the king. Yeah, the um the, the together we track. It's um it's a nice one that, and I think some fans it can be easy to just think of it as like a jokey song because quite often we hear bits of that when when the outlaws are playing their their fun little games in the forest and things like that and quite often especially when fire tucks involved you hear that together we tune and it's kind of like a light-hearted jokey tune but actually there are parts of it that are quite reflective and it does have a when you hear the whole thing through it's not actually all jokey it's kind of it's got quite um it's got quite a sensitive tune to it and it's it's got some nice you know it's got, a, it's got it has got a, definitely a, a, a sense of reflection in that in that together we track and yeah, yeah i think it, you're right it, it only I gets jokey when the, when the flute comes in uh, i think yeah but mm -hmm. yeah but it's, it's it's well chosen in this uh, yeah. in this scene and you kind of expect yeah. uh, the last thing to see would be the, uh, robin and marion uh, uh, kissing or holding each other or maybe the whole uh, band of outlaws uh, being back together but uh, as a matter of fact, the last thing we see is uh, Hearn standing there in a in a ray of light. Yeah, I, I think that the episode was, you know, basically a fight between Hearn and the king over, you know, who would get Robin on his side. Yeah, part, obviously partly that, and and again, it was it was kind of like a. Um, it was almost like a conclusion, not a conclusion to the injustice with with Robin and his and and Robin Hood and Sherwood Forest fee fee you know the sheriff in Nottingham, but it was kind of like it. It leaves it in a place where you can tell the series can carry on, even though it's not a cliffhanger. Um, although having said that, we don't at this stage. It's not until series two we actually know Gisborne survived, but um, but generally speaking, it's not a cliffhanger the way it's finished. But um, but because of the way the king has been proved. Um, 
has been proved to be a bad king and, and clearly you know you know we get a great series too to look forward to yeah absolutely yeah and also you know they know now that they are gonna have to keep on fighting because they can't believe in um, a future where King Richard returns and restores justice and order I mean they're gonna have to do it themselves yeah exactly so yeah I was wondering like I said I don't know that much about British history but it's usually King Richard is regarded as a good king right and King John is the is the bad of uh, Prince John is the is, is the is the bad brother uh, who messes it up was it was it very unexpected for people to see King Richard um, being portrayed in this way well the truth is if for people that know about about you know about English history and the history of of, of King Richard, it wouldn't it wouldn't be that what they see in Robin Hood wouldn't be a surprise um, because Robin Hood actually portrays it very quite realistic to how to what happened and how the king was. But if you were to go by, if, if Robin Hood fans were to go by just what they've seen in previous versions, you know, if they're not particularly, you know, if they don't know much, they're not very knowledgeable about the history of the king and stuff like that. If they're just going by what they've seen in previous Robin Hoods, then yeah, this would come as quite a surprise because King Richard was normally portrayed as the, uh, you know, the good old, you know, the good king and and he's the one. Yeah, and yeah, King King John was definitely a bad king, but um, but for some reason, previous versions always liked to have King Richard as, as good King Richard. But whether they did that to kind of then have more impact and and then have Prince John or King John be you know as being more you know being a clearer clearer enemy I don't know but yeah he wasn't he wasn't a good king at all you know um he was rarely he was rarely based in England um so no he didn't he didn't he didn't care about the country um it was just a means of um means of him of, of resources and 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 just getting money and, and stuff like that really yeah, well, um it's become here so. clear here as uh, as well um right anything else uh, about uh, the king's fool um not really so then there's nothing left to do but uh, to uh, to score this um, this one what what are you going to give it caesar um well uh, i'm going to give it uh, four arrows this time me too. Yeah, a four was mine. Yeah, it's 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 a high four for me. It's it's like a four plus maybe. I, li I like the acting in it. Like you said, uh, little John has a, had a had a great scene. Um, well, then uh, uh, there's of course uh, John Rice Davies who plays uh, King Richard in an in an excellent way. Really, yeah, really like that. Yeah, John Rhys Davies, um, really, really commanding actor. Um, I thought I thought he was a brilliant choice um, as King Richard. You know, very as you as you said earlier. You know, he's a very big guy and just I, th I thought he was brilliant um, as King Richard. Yeah, really, really commanding and and you know, especially when you see him when you, when you see it start out. You know, as that night in the forest and yeah, he's just really, really well cast. And he goes on to um, he's he's well known, obviously a well known actor, and he, he goes on to appear in um. You know, he, he was prominent in the Living Daylights, one of the Bond films. Yeah, and he's um, a few... Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know <laughs> about you, but I really like the Lord of the Rings uh, movies. And, yeah, uh, he's, yeah he's, he's excellent in that one as well. So that makes uh, four out of five arrows for uh, for the King's Fool. That's quite a quite a quite a good score. Um, and that uh, that brings us to the end uh, of this episode and uh, to the end of this first season. Uh, I think we're gonna take a little little break. Uh, I hope we're gonna be back for uh, for the second one. Um, of course, everybody uh, who uh, who's listening to this, uh, thank you very much. I uh, really uh, enjoyed doing this first season, and it was nice uh, to hear from people, mostly on on, on Facebook, that uh, 
that they liked uh, listening uh, to it. Of course, I want to thank you too as well, uh, uh, Andy, uh, for your uh, contributions. And oh no, thanks a lot. Yeah, it's been that's been a pleasure being on here. Um, yeah, doing these doing these podcast shows, I've really enjoyed every every bit of it. Yeah, um, it's been great going through it all, and I look forward to you know to more definitely. Yeah. And as you say, yeah, it's really it's, yeah, it's really nice hearing the feedback from people um, on Facebook. You know, so it, yeah, it does mean a lot when people come forward and and say nice things, and it's just really good to hear people's views. You know about it, and um, and it's nice to hear that it's nice to know that there are you know the fans do take the time out to um to have a listen. Yeah, it's great. I would have expected people uh, to be maybe a bit more um, uh, critical uh, about what, what we were saying, uh, maybe uh, disagreeing with us or, or correcting er uh, errors uh, that we're uh, that we're making. Uh, if you're listening to this and you do think that we are totally wrong on something, uh, please uh, uh, let us know. Uh, you can do that on our uh, uh, Facebook page. Uh, go to facebook.com/slash/SherwoodPodcast and uh, drop us a note. Um, you can also uh, send us an email on uh, SherwoodPodcast at uh, gmail.com and if you have the opportunity to uh, rate or review us, uh, please do so and uh, hand us some stars because, uh, well, that way more Sherwood fans uh, will hear about uh, this show. In conclusion, I want to thank uh, Bram Brouwers uh, for playing our theme music and I uh, also, also want to thank uh, my wife for her uh, technical support and her emotional support, but mostly her technical support. Uh, for now, uh, I hope you've enjoyed uh, listening to this first season of uh, the Robin of Sherwood podcast. And um, we hope uh, to get back to you soon. And uh, well, may Hearn protect you. I wrestled with the King of England. Did you know he was the king, Robin? Where's his crown? Has he lost it? No much. He should have worn it then, shouldn't he? Then we'd have known who he was. <laughs> <laughs>